When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's and what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listeners. Welcome back. I'm Nedra Glover-Tawab, and you need to hear this. Today, we're talking to a caller who is having challenges in their friendship. Friendship is a relationship that we choose with people, and hopefully all goes well, but when it does not, it is heartbreaking. There are not enough songs, not enough information for us to figure out how to deal with a friendship loss, friendship breakup, friendship communication. And so today, we will be digging into having tough conversations in friendships, placing boundaries in friendships. And when to decide if this is a friendship that you need to hang on to or release. There's something I once read that said, if a friendship gets to seven years, then you've done an amazing job and it's probably a long-term friendship. But most of our friendships don't make it that long. Friends come in cycles. You know, we meet people in a certain stage of parenting that we may be in, or we may meet friends at a particular job. And when we leave that job, we lose them. We meet friends where we're in a particular activity. We meet friends who are our neighbors. We meet people in seasons. And sometimes those relationships don't transfer to that next season. It can be really challenging, particularly when you like a person, right? Like just because our friendship ended, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It's nothing wrong with me, but we're in a different place now. You know, the person you used to know is no longer there. The things we used to be able to do, they're not fun to me anymore, maybe not fun to you. It doesn't mean that there's anything in particular wrong with either of us. Also, a thing we need to remember about friendships is Sometimes we can pause it and go back to it and it's even richer. It's better. But we have to allow that space to exist for us to figure out what the friendship is or what it isn't. So let's start today's call. Hi, Um, I've been going through a difficult time with a friend and was hoping to gain perspective. 
Uh, currently there is some estrangement and I'm wondering if this is anything worth repairing or leaving where it is. I met my friend back in 2019 and during this time of us meeting, I was in an unhealthy situationship who also is someone my friend knows. From what I've observed and from what has been shared with me, it doesn't seem that this is someone she's close with at all compared to our relationship as she refers to me as her sister. The only time that they spent time with one another was if I was around. Uh, at the top of 2022, I ended the situationship that turned into a romantic relationship. Unfortunately, my dealings with this person did not end because of our unhealthy cycle we continued throughout the years. This relationship was a codependent one and he was emotionally unavailable, but would continue to string me along and I would follow hoping for change. By December of 2022, I made the decision to end things with my ex. At the time, I told them that I thought it was best that we went our separate ways and that in the future, maybe we could be friends but needed time. What prompted me to separate myself from my ex was me learning about my own unhealthy contributions to the relationship. And while I actually allowed myself to process all that happened throughout the years between us, I decided that being friends with this person wasn't something that was possible. I chose not to communicate this to my ex because there's been multiple times throughout our relationship that they and I have violated boundaries. And I just felt that if I attempted to communicate with this person, they would find a way to manipulate me emotionally and I would concede to being in contact with them even though I knew it wasn't in my best interest. Uh, shortly after that, I reconnected with an old friend and someone who I dated in my 20s and long story short, we are now together. <laughs> I explain all this because my friend that I am estranged with has been witness to everything that I endured with this person throughout the years. This friend also knows my current partner. After making the decision to have no contact with my ex, I found out that they had been attempting to communicate with mutuals in an effort to try and find out information regarding me or talk to me to them. When I got wind of it, I asked all of them, if this person brings me up in conversation, please do not divulge any of my business to them nor engage in conversation. This one friend was the only person that gave me a long-winded response as to why they wouldn't do anything like that instead of simply saying that they understood. Fast forward, and my ex indeed reached out to her and brought me up, which she told me about. From that conversation, I revealed other reasons why I chose no contact with my ex and why I didn't want to be friends with them. I also was clear in stating that I was okay that they continued their relationship with each other, but that I did not want to be included or hear anything about this person unless it was something being said about me. I now realize that I needed to know nothing of what was being said about me by my ex, but at the time, I knew that he has the notion to sometimes turn stories to make him appear to be a victim in scenarios, and I didn't want him lying on me to my friends. Whew. I hear so many things here. The first thing that sticks out to me is this idea of ghosting. This is a tough topic because for people who have been ghosted, which... I'm a person who's been ghosted. You know, many of us have been ghosted. It is tough to be on the receiving end. For the person who is doing the ghosting, I've been the person who's done the ghosting, which is a tough position to be in as well. One thing I want us to remember as we are wondering, why won't they just talk to me? We have to think about how they've already tried to talk to us how we might not be the easiest person to talk to. And that's what I'm hearing in this letter, that you're choosing to communicate with your ex in a certain way because you don't want them to emotionally manipulate you because you don't feel strong enough yet to resist it. That's really big. 
And I want us to have some grace with ourselves and grace with others around the fear of going back to bad situations and the need to stay away from them by cutting off communication. That if I talk to you, you're going to do what you do. You're going to use your magic. You're going to pull me right back in. And then I'm going to be in this cycle of relationship drama. I don't want that. So I am choosing not to communicate. Is that ghosting when you're aware? Is it ghosting when someone knows what the reason is? I don't think so. You know, for people who like to live in the victimhood of, I don't know why they're not talking to me. They typically have some reason why that they don't want to address, or they may be thinking that reason is really not big enough to not talk to me. So I know your reason, but I do not accept it. And so your ex continuously trying to talk to your friend and figure out, you know, what's going on with you, what's going on with the situation. It is a way to exert some control even when you're no longer in that relationship with them. So in some way, they're still manipulating. And the good thing here is you recognize it. One thing about communication, when we say something, let's not police ourselves or others about the medium in which it's spoken. Sometimes people are, oh, you should say it verbally. You can't text that. You know, we live in a society where people are getting hired by email, fired by email, video chatted for this. Whatever way you feel comfortable speaking to someone or not speaking to them, I think it's communication. If it's available for you to communicate, you can communicate that way. So that manipulation piece, that really stuck out to me in the acknowledgement that I do not have the mental strength to speak to this person. And that's why I'm not doing it. Please respect that. I'm hearing you be very clear with your friend around your boundaries of hearing certain communication about your ex. You're not saying, hey, you can't even have a relationship with my ex. You're saying, hey, if you have this relationship, I prefer not to hear about it. Please don't say anything to me. I'm wondering here, we know that the ex is manipulating, but could it be that the ex is manipulating your friend into thinking that these conversations are needed? Could it be that your friend is actually manipulating you to get back into this relationship with your ex for their own benefit? I don't know, but manipulation can be really strong. And so if we've been manipulated by a person, chances are they're manipulating other people in this relationship system. So when a person is able to go to these other people and say, oh my gosh, can you believe so-and-so did this to me? And the other people are like, oh, I can't believe they did that to you, but they know you, they know you're kind and they're shocked. They are also in this cycle of manipulation. So yes, you placed a boundary, but it doesn't mean that this person understands the situation as deeply as you do. The relationship is different. You had romantic interactions with this person. They do not. They're stepping in in the friendship space. So that might be different for them. 
After our break, we will get back to the caller's letter. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And let's listen. This was a long backstory, but I felt it was necessary because after I expressed plainly that I didn't want to hear about my ex from my friend, she continued to bring him up to me in conversation more than once to when I repeated I didn't want to know about anything going on with him. Recently, I've been experiencing an unknown illness, which I hadn't shared with anyone because I wasn't ready to talk about it. And that led me to the ER a week before I was to see my friend and her now husband. I was asked to be a part of their union and also document it for them. However, my health did not allow me to be present. 
After my visit to the emergency room, I informed her that I wouldn't be able to make it due to my doctor only being available the same time I was supposed to be present for the festivities. After being sent the information for the events to take place that weekend, I responded with my regrets of not being there, to which I was told that she was thinking of inviting my ex in my absence. At first, I was in shock because, again, my ex has been known to have tried to pinch information about me, and now that I'm not present to something I would naturally be there for, they would invite him into information that isn't any of his business, whether stated or not. I expressed to my friend that I was not sure what to do with this information as before I had mentioned that I didn't want my ex brought up to me. Her response was to do nothing but receive the information, to which I expressed that while I appreciate her communicating with me about her choices, I just was not interested in hearing anything whatsoever about this person. I informed her that I wanted to be left out of their friendship and that if she wanted to be friends with this person, it was her business and none of mine. I did not respond emotionally or reactive, however, I was direct because I wanted to be clear. Looking back though, I was hurt and realized that I actually did have issues with their friendship, but did not communicate this as this was something I fully realized after sitting with what she said to me through this time. Because I wasn't there physically, I sent flowers to them. I didn't write my name on them, I blame my medicated brain, <laughs> um, but I also felt that like the message on the card made it clear that they were for me and also their ceremony was not something known to many people. I was met with the silent treatment. <laughs> Weeks went by and I heard nothing from my friends, not even to check on me to see how my health was. This is unusual behavior because even with the many things that we have going on in our individual lives, she and I still keep in contact with each other if only it is us sending pictures to one another. Mm. Listening to this reminds me of a situation that I had years ago where I ended a relationship with a friend and I had a family member who would try to update me on this person. Now, I wasn't on Facebook, but they would say, did you see this on Facebook about them? Did you see? Well, you know, I'm not on Facebook. So, you know, I didn't see those things. And so I clearly said, please stop bringing them up to me. And then the accusation was, you're really mad at them. You don't want to hear about them. Well, this person is no longer a part of my life. And there is no other space where I would be constantly reminded of this person. I'm not on Facebook. I'm not following them or seeing them out. So to have these reminders, it can almost be bringing the situation that happened in the relationship back up constantly, right? Are you in disagreement with me wanting something healthier for myself? I wonder if people have a different perception of what the situation is or how it should have ended. And that's why they're bringing this stuff up because they're like, wait, did you make the right choice? Well, here's the thing. It may not have been the right choice for them, but it is the right choice for you. So you have the autonomy to say, I no longer want to be in this relationship with this person. Please stop bringing them up. And you restated what you wanted. Please stop bringing this person up. And it's true. You know, maybe you say, hey, I don't care if you all have a friendship. It's really not a big deal. And then maybe you think about it and you're like, actually, I do care. Here's the thing. You could care and still do nothing about it, right? They can still have their friendship, but you should not be a part of their friendship. Your name should not be brought up. There are so many things that people can talk about outside of the relationship they have with you or you at all. If their only connection is you, 
do they really have a connection? If they have to constantly bring you up as a thing, I wonder if you're still really lingering in the relationship for them. And I know that's a part of it that you can't control, but perhaps there is some conversation that could be had around that. Like, what is your connection to this person? Because if you have to bring me up, if you have to pull me into the mix of this, the relationship that you have with them is not independent of me. And it sounds like we need to be a group in order for you to have a relationship. And I am out the group. So do you even have a relationship with this person? Or is it just, you know, this three-person party that we always have to have? I am no longer in that group. I hear you saying it. I hear you responding behaviorally to it. And you can't control if they have that relationship, but you can certainly be upset about it. I mean, it it does hurt when you end a relationship with one person and people choose to stay in the relationship with them. I think that happens sometimes when we terminate romantic relationships, when we get a divorce, when we end friendships, when we're in friend groups. That is also what makes it really hard to leave those things because you know the other people have this relationship, but in a healthy way, they can continue those relationships without you being a part of it. There are many things that they may have in common and may enjoy that have nothing to do with you. We're going to keep listening after our next break. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. After not hearing from her for three weeks, I sent a message asking if they had gotten the flowers I sent, to which I received a long response. In short, saying yes, that they were received and that she was sorry for not responding to my message because she felt my energy in what I said and that she didn't want to respond emotionally. I responded by stating that maybe we can hop on a call one of these days and talk. Based on how she responded with my last message via text, speaking verbally seemed best. We haven't spoken over the phone yet. I've had some changes in my health and also experienced some deaths. Additionally, I am hurt that I'm seemingly the only one in the dynamic willing to initiate dialogue and all the while she hasn't checked on me at all since I told her about my health. After mentioning talking on the phone, she sent me photos from their wedding that my ex took, which felt like even a further slap in the face. I'm not exactly sure how I'm supposed to move forward as she's reached out to talk to me about her child. I'm the godmother and he was sick. And to me, it felt emotionally manipulative because she knows how I feel about children. I'm not sure if what I explained makes sense, but I would like some insight. Thank you. I'm thinking of all the ways you can honor your own boundary without involving them or having them to do the hard work. So if someone is sending you pictures of things that they did with with your ex is it possible to not respond? And maybe the more you don't respond, the less they send the pictures. That's a way. Also, whenever they bring up your ex, is it possible to maybe change the subject and say, hey, I I said I don't want to talk about this person and change the subject. That's a way. Is it possible to say, hey, is this person going to be at this thing? Okay, well, I will choose not to come because I don't want to be in that space with this person. I think so. I think there are many ways to address this because it sounds like you want to keep this relationship. And if you decide to do this with this person, that might be a part of it. They may always bring this thing up. So, you know, the story I told you earlier that person continued to bring it up. And I just, you know, I'd use some different tactics. I would change the subject. I would say, hey, I told you I don't want to hear about it. I would get more assertive with my boundary because it was very clear. It was restated. But I think when people are pushing back, they're saying, I don't respect what you're asking me. I don't respect what you say. You can decide, you know, if I want to be in this relationship, how do I show up with this person exhibiting this behavior of ignoring what I'm asking them? Or you could decide, you know, this is such a big thing. I don't know if I want to be in a relationship with a person who does this. That is your choice. 
I do wonder, you know, you met this friend in in 2019 and it sounds like it was this pal group and, you know, things were going well until they weren't. What are you trying to recover here with this friend? What sort of things are you trying to get from this situation with this person? Is this person even your friend type anymore? Because sometimes when we have friendships, we're in them for so long that we're changing, we're changing, we're changing. And next thing you know, this person isn't even your friend type anymore. At this stage, at this age, the things that you like to do, they're completely different than who you were five years ago or, you know, 10 years ago when you met this person, even four years ago. So is this person the type of person, if you met them today, you would be in a relationship with this person. All of the things that they're exhibiting, if you met them today, would this be your friend? Would this be a person that you want to be in community with? Or is this someone that you would have some sort of associate level relationship? There are some friendships that are not as close as other friendships. And in those cases, maybe this is one of those situations where the closeness that you used to share, it's not necessarily there anymore. And this is a relationship that, you know, you speak on occasion. It may not be what it once was. Can it transform? Can it be something different? Perhaps you should allow it because right now what I see is this resistance and and pushing for something that there is no room to have in this friendship. If you were to accept everything that's being offered, what would look different in this friendship? What would look different with how you engage with this person? You need to hear this. When we are thinking about going back to relationships that have had some challenges or repairing relationships, our biggest question should be, what are we trying to recover? What's there? What's left? What can be? Sometimes we are more hopeful than we are realistic. There is nothing there that would keep us in this relationship if we showed up to it today. Maybe the past situations would draw us back in. But if I showed up today as this situation is, would I choose this? That's a really important question to ask yourself when you're thinking about recovering and repairing some of these connections that might need to be accepted as they are. You Need to Hear This is an iHeart production hosted by me, Nedra Glover-Tawab. Our executive producer is Joelle Bonique. Our senior producer and editor is Mia Dawn Taylor. Send us a voice memo with your questions about boundaries and relationships at youneedtohearthis at iheartmedia.com. Please be sure to rate our show wherever you listen to it and share this episode with someone who needs to hear this. Talk to you next time. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. 
even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm -hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.